0: Worship is indeed a tremendous privilege and blessing, and we're going to focus on the Lord's Supper this morning, in fact, one particular person and the Lord's Supper. It's a tremendous privilege to gather together on on the first day of the week, to be able to sing together and and pray as we have been doing, and be able to open up God's Word and be able to Uh, to meet around uh, the table, and to be able to give of our means. We'll focus on the communion, the table, the supper, the Lord's Supper, and specifically this morning, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the Lord's Supper. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the Lord's Supper. Notice with me in Acts chapter 1, 12 to 14, that after Jesus has ascended up into heaven, the command to his disciples is that they go to Jerusalem, which they do, and to wait to be endued with power from on high. And they do that with joy. They meet in the upper room, upper chamber, and there with the disciples is Mary, and Jesus' family, Mary's sons, Mary's family there with her. In just ten days or so will be the day of Pentecost, the official beginning of the church. In Acts 2, we read about that beginning, and notice those who submit to the gospel are together, and notice what they're doing in Acts 2.42. They continue, they continue steadfastly, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and notice this, and in the breaking of the bread, the Lord's Supper, and in prayer. It would be very unusual if Mary is not in the midst of that group partaking of the Lord's Supper. All the followers of Jesus as members of the kingdom of God would be... Anxious to worship and to partake of the communion. I believe that Mary, the mother of Jesus, gives us a very tremendous and peculiar insight into taking the communion. And so it would be helpful for us, hopefully, to notice some thoughts along those lines. Our first category uh, this morning is, notice about five reasons why Mary would want to be part of worship and especially the Lord's Supper. Five reasons why Mary would want to be part of partaking the Lord's Supper. Reason number one is, she had already made the commitment to God. Luke 1 in verse 38. When, when Gabriel came to her and told her what was going to be happening in her life, that she as a virgin was going to conceive, and the name of this child would be the Son of the Most High, and he would be ruling over the house of Jacob, Luke 1, 32 and 33. And she asked, well, how can this be? I've never known a man with well, the Holy Spirit, Gabriel said, is going to overshadow you, is going to come upon you. And having heard all of this, absolutely not able to understand it perfectly, Mary says... Luke one thirty eight. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. She's already made the commitment. Therefore, of course, she's going to continue in the steps of the Lord. Of course, she's going to be in worship to the Lord. Of course, she's going to be taking part of the communion. Growing up in Curry Church of Christ, I did in Walker County and. One of our elders there uh, for many years, named, his name is Bruce Myers. Brother Bruce would always walk in with a load of, of Bibles and commentaries. and He was one of our regular Bible teachers uh, there. But he always said that the decision to worship God was, is made when you come out of the waters of baptism. I just never have forgotten that. He would say that a thousand times a year probably. But we always uh, remembered it because it's so very true. Once you make the, commit, the commitment, everything else follows. In Second Corinthians uh, chapter eight, verse five, Paul has been um, commending several of the churches of Macedonia, though physically poor, yet very generous with their means. The secret was, Second Corinthians eight and verse five, they had first given themselves unto the Lord. And so that was Mary's case here. She'd already made the commitment, of course she's going to be worshiping her God. A second reason that Mary would want to be participating in worship in the Lord's Supper is because she's already made the transition from Jesus being her little boy to Jesus being her Lord. It's difficult enough for parents to watch their children grow and and at some point, they're no longer your little ones, but they're becoming adults. It's hard, it was hard enough for, for Mary to, to see that with her children and with her son Jesus. But he he was further, he went further than that. He was not just going to be a godly man. He was going to be the man. He, he was the son. He was the teacher, the prophet who came up in her house. And she had already made that transition. Remember there in John 2 and verse 5 at the wedding in Cana, she uh, may have spoken a little bit sooner than Jesus wanted her to speak uh, about the needs there at the at the wedding. But here's what she did say. She looked to the those attending the wedding and said, Whatever he says unto you, you do it. Whatever he says to do, you do it. And that was her thing from then on. Whatever Jesus says to do, whatever the Son of God says to do, then you do it. So she had already made that transition from him being her little boy to now she is, he is her Lord. A third reason that she would want to be involved in worship and the Lord's Supper is because uh, she has been to the cross. She was at the cross. John nineteen twenty-five to 27. She was at the cross. She endured it. She watched her son die. She was at the foot of the cross. She would not leave him. If she couldn't do anything else, she would be there for him. If she had been to the cross. Of course she's going to be involved in the Lord's Supper. What else would she be doing? What else would she be doing? How could she not? How could she not? How could she possibly be there at the cross and not be there in church partaking of the supper? That would would be uh, unheard of uh, for her because she had been to the cross. It's very similar for the Christian commitment today. Because if we grow weak, that means we probably have not been to the cross in a while. The cross of Jesus and the love of God through the cross is the answer to everything. It's the answer to every problem. It's the the answer to every query. It's it's the answer, answer to our worries Have I been to the cross? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? If we've been to the cross, we have no problem worshiping. If we've been to the cross, we have no problem serving God. But have I been to the cross? If she had been to the cross, of course she's going to be involved in worship. A fourth reason why Mary would be involved in the Lord's Supper is because she didn't want to see her son's death be in vain. 1 Corinthians 11 concerning the Lord's Supper, verse 26 says, when we we so eat of the bread and drink of the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. We proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. And she of all people would not want to see her son's death be in vain. If she had to endure that, if she had to endure the cross, if if she had to see the life of her son go away, if she had to see the brutality uh, exposed upon her son, then she, of all people, would not want to see his death go in vain. And She, of all people, want to be part of the process of proclaiming the Lord's death. And worship is not the only way. Teaching the gospel is also the way of proclaiming the Lord's death. And being a good example is a way of being uh, proclaiming the Lord's death. And she wanted to be involved in all of that. A fifth reason why she would be partaking of the Lord's Supper is because she'd heard Jesus talk about the kingdom. That was his theme. No way she didn't hear about it. Jesus came preaching, Matthew 4, 17, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And she learned along with everybody else, when Jesus said kingdom, he meant the church. Upon this rock I'll build my church, Jesus says in Matthew 16. And he said to Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. And Jesus promises to His disciples and anybody else that would, that would want to know Matthew 26 and 29 that He would not drink of this bread or drink of this cup or eat of this bread until he, he did this new with them in the kingdom. In the kingdom. One of the activities of Jesus now that He's on the right hand of God is that He meets with His, His people when they worship and he is in the midst of us, of his people, when the worship takes place, Mary had heard Jesus talk often about the kingdom of God and the coming of that kingdom. I wouldn't be surprised she didn't know a lot about it uh, from her knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures, but nonetheless, because of the kingdom and the importance of it, she would be participating in the Lord's Supper. <clears throat> The second category of our lesson this morning is I want us to notice three qualities of Mary that helped her partake the Lord's Supper. Three qualities of her. Tremendous qualities. Some of them, uh, at least one of these qualities is very unique to her, but not totally foreign to us. Three qualities of Mary. First is she had the ability to meditate, she had a great ability to meditate. Not everybody has this ability. There's some folks that just cannot bring themselves to separate from the world and focus on God and His Word and, and their own lives. But, but Mary did. We read about this often. Like in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19, after the shepherds, you know, the angel, angelic host had appeared to the shepherds uh, in the field and said, you know, the, the child is to be born the Savior of the world wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger and they went and found Jesus and brought worship and told all that had, had, they had experienced and it says there in Luke 2 and verse 19 that Mary kept all these sayings in her heart pondering them in her heart pondering them the word ponder there in Luke 2 19 means to throw together to, to tumble things around until you have been able to put them in an orderly fashion uh, if you watch uh, clothes uh, in a dryer, that's the idea. The clothes are just being tossed to and fro uh, in a dryer, and then finally they come out in, in some kind of fashion. Well, you're tossing various thoughts around in your mind to finally you come to grips with it and how it fits the plan of God. She had an incredible ability to do this. The Lord's Supper requires this, okay? And we we read this often for First Corinthians. Uh, 11, about if we partake of the Lord's Supper supper in an unworthy manner, then we can be guilty of both of the body and the the blood of our Lord. We don't want to be that. We must have our mind uh, riveted upon what we're doing uh, in worship. She had an incredible ability to do just that. So her ability to meditate. A second quality of Mary was history. History. Folks, when we read, like from 1 Corinthians 10, 16, when Paul asked, you know, concerning the cup of blessing, he said, you know, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a communion of the blood of Jesus? The bread that we break, uh, the bread that we bless, is it not a communion of the body of our Lord? When we read about the body and blood of Jesus, there's history behind those words. There's history behind The body of Jesus. There's history behind the blood of Jesus. And I'm telling you this. No one knew that history better than Mary, the mother of Jesus. She knew that history. She lived a good bit of that history, right? How could she not be able to partake of the Lord's Supper in such a very personal and vivid way? She could. She she knew uh, this history, and so that's another reason why I think that that quality, that quality. Now, it helps us though, even though we didn't live it like she did. It helps us as we are partaking of the supper to remember the history that brought us here, the history that brought Jesus to the cross, all the things. And you, it, maybe one of the reasons God has us to do it every. Every, every week is because there's so much history you can't possibly go through all that history you know, every time you sit down to take the Lord's Supper, but you can get bits of it in your mind and let it play out in your mind as we meditate upon the body and blood of our Lord. Her ability to meditate, one. A second quality is the history that she had with Jesus helped her partake take the Lord's Supper. And then a third quality uh, that she had was her knowledge of scripture, her knowledge of Scripture. You remember that when she um, finds out that she's going to have uh, this child, Luke chapter one. Uh, she also has a relative in in Elizabeth, Zacharias and Elizabeth. Elizabeth would eventually uh, bring John the Baptist into the world before Jesus comes into uh, the world. Well, Mary runs off to visit them, Zacharias and Elizabeth, while. Um, while Elizabeth is uh, still pregnant. And they come together and, and you know, Elizabeth just rejoices that Mary is there. And she rejoices in, in what is happening to Mary and, and the fruit of her womb. But then Mary herself, Luke 1, and 47, will put together a song. And you know it begins, My soul does magnify the Lord. She'll put together a song. And that, that song goes from Luke 1 down to about verse number uh, 55. And there's, you know, if you look at that song, there's at least 20 or more references to Old Testament passages just in that song. Okay. I ask myself, how many songs have I written? Well, zero. Zero. Now, we had to write some poetry that you'll never see. You're in school. I have let my girls see some of it. But I can't write a song. Much less twine together and weave together Scripture in a song that praises the Lord. There Mary is doing that. How old is she? Alright. Probably not even 20 years old yet. And she's already well able with her knowledge of Scripture to be able to weave together Scripture into a marvelous song there that magnifies her Lord, her knowledge of Scripture. Now, in just a little bit, as we, as we go further, we'll see some of the emotions of Mary, no doubt. And we've already kind of got a taste of that. But her knowledge of Scripture kept her grounded. Sometimes that's difficult for human beings. Paul mentions this in Romans 10, 2, and 3. He says, concerning his Jewish brethren, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. You need both. You need zeal, you need emotion, you need passion, but you've got to, it's got to be grounded on knowledge. She had it. She had it. She, we said a moment ago, was at the cross. You notice something not at the cross? They, she doesn't faint. I have seen people grieve and faint. She doesn't faint. She doesn't create, create a dramatic scene where they have to drag her away from the cross. And I believe the reason that for that is simply because she's grounded. Of course, she's very saddened. She can't help but be saddened. She's grieved. And this is torture in her soul. But at the same time, I believe she knew exactly that this had to happen. She's grounded. And at such a young age, she already had a tremendous amount of Scripture. Doesn't that remind us of Psalm 119, verse 11? A question had been asked, There in Psalm 119, How shall the young secure their heart? And then this is given in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word have I laid up in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Thy word, O Lord, I have stored up in my heart. The more of the word of God that we have stored up in our heart, the more effective we're going to be in worshiping our God the more meaningful the Lord's Supper is going to be for us, and the greater training, the greater preparation we'll have to be able to go into the world and do the Lord's will. Now, as we gather and get more accustomed going back into Bible classes here in the next several weeks, The prayer of all of us is, of course, that we are continuing to study at home, but also as we begin to come together more and more in Bible class that we will have a great emphasis, a great appreciation for how important it is to be be trained in the Word of God. And Mary shows us uh, just that. The third final part of our lesson this morning concerning Mary and the Lord's Supper is to think about some memories that must have come to her mind as she partook of the Lord's Supper. No one could ever partake of the Supper like Mary. Perhaps we can learn something from her. We will never be able to take it like her because she's got the history. But there are some things we can notice. Think about some of the memories that she must have had. There must have been As she thought about it, the body of Jesus, there must have been some tender moments, some tender thoughts that come to her head as she thought about the body of Jesus. Did she think about when she first felt Jesus in her belly, in her womb? Only later to see cruel men whip and beat that same body? Only later to see Jesus out of the tomb, up from the grave, and then that same body ascending up into the air. There must have been some tender thoughts and moments as she took at the table. What about? Did Did her mind go back to when she first saw the face of Jesus, first saw her newborn's face? only later to see blood running down the side of His face because of the crown of thorns? Did her mind go back to those tiny tears of Jesus that He would cry as a baby? Only later to see Him anguish in pain on the cross? Did her mind, when she read about and thought about the body of Jesus, did her mind go back to when Jesus' tiny hand clutched her finger? Only later to remember that they took those same hands and nailed them to the cross. Only later to see Jesus walking around alive again out of the tomb and got those wounds in his body When she partook of the table of the uh, Lord's Supper, did she think about Jesus being in the workshop with Joseph and remembering how that they would be out there for hours and there would be hammering going on and, and different kind of building going on, and then did she quickly go from there to remembering how it sounded when they nailed Jesus to the cross and all the sights and sounds that would bring uh, to her memory. There must have been some tender memory memories. There must have been also some anxious memories that come to her mind. Being born of a virgin is of great uh, power, and miracle of the Lord, but it also brought uh, most likely some gossip, even some anxious moments, because the old law, if you go back to Deuteronomy 22, 23, and 24, uh, the old law said that uh, if two were betrothed, like Joseph and Mary, and uh, one of them uh, went out and had a relation with another person during that betrothal, they were to bring those two uh, to the gate of the city and stone them. And here's what the Lord laid on Mary. Did her mind go back to that as she thought about the body and blood of the Lord? Did her mind go back to some anxious moments? Anxious moments like having to travel uh, from, from Galilee, Nazareth to Galilee to Bethlehem uh, for the enrollment, uh, for the census, and yet at that time also being heavy with child being great with child and, being, and Jesus being born there in Bethlehem. Did, did she go back as she partook of the supper sometimes? Did she go back and remember the anxious moments of having to flee a brutal king like King Herod and had to flee to Egypt and stay there for a considerable time? All that traveling, did her mind go back to that, those anxious moments? Did her mind go back to the time when Jesus, as an adult, came to Nazareth and spoke in the synagogue, Luke 4:16? and then after he spoke, they tried to take him out to the edge of a cliff and throw him over. Somehow he escaped, but he was able to leave, but there Mary and Joseph and their family still lived there, and did they receive shame from Jesus teaching the truth of God? Did they endure shame? Many anxious moments, no doubt, came to her mind. One vivid memory that she would definitely have as she partook of the supper would be her own sins. Notice with me in Luke chapter 1, 46, as she creates this song of praise to the Lord, Luke 1, 46, and 47. Mary said, My soul does magnify the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced. Notice this. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Mary needed a Savior. Mary was a sinner like all of us. Mary needed a Savior. She knew her son was her Savior. Surely, one of the first and primary memories she has is that she has been forgiven of her sins. And she is there worshiping because of grateful joy that resides down deep in her soul. Surely there were some painful moments, as painful memories, because you know after Jesus was born, about 40 days later they took Jesus to present him in the temple. And there were a couple of people there, one named Simeon, And Simeon had some great things to say about Jesus. He is the Redeemer, and he's bringing light to the Gentiles. But he also has to say this to Mary, Luke 2, 34 and 35. He says, a sword shall pierce your soul, Mary. Mary, a sword will pierce your soul. No doubt he's talking about how Jesus would be pierced. Whatever you do to the child, you do it to the parent." More so sometimes. When they took that sword and pierced Jesus in the side, it might as well have been Mary. And so she had some painful memories, surely, as well. But then I would say she would have some memories that were just quite overwhelming because she knew the Scripture and, Will read for us this morning from Hebrews 10. Notice particularly Hebrews 10, verse 5. The Old Testament application, the Old Testament fulfillment there is from Psalm 40 and verse 6. But the prediction is sacrifice and offering you don't desire, Lord, but a body you have prepared for me. Well, Mary, in her knowledge, would know about that scripture. And don't you know that it would be personal to her? Don't you know that would ring true to her more than anybody else walking on the earth? A body. We, we know that Jesus come to provide the sacrifice for the salvation of the world, but it would have to start first with him taking on a body, and that started in Mary's womb. It would have to be quite overwhelming for her, even at this late stage, later in life, of the, the kingdom now established. It still would have to be quite overwhelming for her. And this memory, when you think about being overwhelming. Remember when Jesus was 12, and they came to Jerusalem to observe the Passover? I wonder how many times she would think about that when she partook of the supper. Because, of course, we remember Jesus stayed back in Jerusalem speaking with the teachers uh, in the temple area. And they didn't realize that at first, so for three days they searched for him. That that would never go away from Mary and Joseph's memory. If that happened to you, that would ne- that would be an entrenched memory forever. But because Jesus... 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7, Jesus is our Passover, and Mary very well knew that. So as she partook of the supper, how often did she think about the Old Testament Passover and the the blood of that lamb without spot and without blemish uh, being painted on the doorpost in order to save Israel from that, that firstborn plague, death of the firstborn plague, and that is typical, that is previewing the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus and his blood, and it is applied to our soul that saves us from our sins. Wouldn't it be quite overwhelming for her to for all that to fill her mind as she partakes of the supper? The truth is Jesus is our Passover. He is our Lamb. And how thankful we are. And perhaps by looking at the Lord's Supper from the viewpoint of Jesus' mother, we'll have a greater appreciation for it. I know I do. I pray that we all will do. I pray more than that. I pray that we will be the servant. That we'll we'll have the commitment that Mary gave to the Lord. And that's what we are, that's the point we're at right now as we give the invitation. What about our commitment To our Lord. Where are we at on that? Are we fully giving ourselves to Him? Are we submitting to His Scriptures? And as always, if we can help you with any spiritual need, please make that known right now as we stand together, as we sing. Brother James.